This week on Family Anatomy, Anatomy of Gratitude. family anatomy are psychologists, but they're not your psychologists. So if you want to talk to someone about family or mental health issues, you can get a referral from your family doctor. This show is for information only. Welcome to Family Anatomy, your source for parenting and relationship information with your hosts, Dr. Giuseppe Spizzano and Dr. Brian McDonald. You can find us on familyanatomy.com or you can track us down on iTunes and we are going to get right into it because guess what? I don't know what. It's almost <laughs> it's a, Canadian it's, Thanksgiving. It's almost Canadian Thanksgiving. Oh, then. I see where you're getting to. You yes. We are talking about gratitude today because Thanksgiving is a time when we think about feeling grateful for all the things that we have, right? That's right. It's uh, it's related to the holiday. I almost forgot that given that I've been, you know, researching gratitude for the past two days <laughs> and not Thanksgiving. <laughs> Yes, gratitude, thanksgiving, gratitude. I see I see the connection now. So I know our American listeners will probably pick this podcast up a month from now, but maybe they could plan what they could feel grateful about by listening to our episode about gratitude. Exactly, and they could always listen to it and then listen to it again. That's true, listening twice. Two times. That's They could listen to it four times. As long as they download it individually each time, that's great. That looks good on our download statistics. We like that. I love this story. I, yes. I feel grateful. That <laughs> I am also grateful. <laughs> I have to say that while I was growing up, I was not grateful. How about that? You were an ingrate, you might I was, say. <laughs> I was an ingrate. Why doesn't yes. this story surprise me? Well, if I was an ingrate, I'd have all this guilt about it, but I don't. You don't feel guilty at all. I don't feel guilty about it. I bet you're thankful for that. I'm thankful that I'm not guilty about it. <laughs> Definitely. No doubt about that. Good man. Uh, I, maybe I used to feel guilty about it, but you know, that's, I've, I've known that I am grateful now right. for many years. Okay. So you, you don't say, feel guilty about your lack of gratefulness when you were gratefulness, gratitude when you were a child. <laughs> I'm right. making up words. Gratefulness? Is that a word? I think it is a word. Wow. Well, that's okay. a th- this whole thing is confusing now. It's Thanksgiving. You can be grateful. You can have gratitude. And you can be you thankful. Can, you can be thankful. You can feel gratitude. And you can also be grateful of what someone has and, and express that when someone has done something kind towards you. Welcome to the Grammar Guys podcast, everyone. (laughs) It's all about the thesaurus today. Now, I was not grateful. No, tell me about that. I was not grateful. And here's an interesting thing. When I was doing the research for the show, it kind of made sense. Why wasn't I grateful? I mean, I knew this intuitively, but I actually stumbled across a study that told me why, too. I wasn't grateful because I was just given whatever 
I don't mean materially. I, mm-hmm. I was just my needs were responded to and you didn't have to struggle that's right i didn't and i just i guess i had so much you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth so to speak yeah it wasn't a spoon you were born on third base and thought you hit a triple i mean (laughs) (laughs) no i mean any other cliches i could think of that those are two cliches that don't uh actually apply to my life but they're they're interesting they amuse me yeah I, i love listening to cliches sure but uh, no, I, I mean, my parents were immigrants. They didn't have a lot. It wasn't material, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't remember wanting for anything. So, and, and, you know, if if I had things that I needed, I guess they were just, they were just taken care of because I never felt, I never felt the need to give gratitude because it was sort of, this is what I get. I get it and that's good. And there was nothing that, oh, I wish this was happening and it and it wasn't. And it, wasn't it was happening. happening. So anything you could wish for, you were. Well, I guess. I mean, I'm thinking back to when I was a kid. I don't. Well, you didn't have you big. Know, you know, aspirations, generally speaking, right? realistic. Yeah. So yeah. there's a study that I found that showed that how much gratitude you show towards the person, the people giving it to you, mm-hmm. has to do with what your expectation and how how much you're getting already. If you're getting most of your needs met by people. And then someone does something that you should be grateful for, you might be so used to it that you don't think about saying thank you and, and being grateful well, for it. Well, because you take it for granted, right? You're because you just, it for granted. whatever you expect, that's what happens. And, and you don't have to struggle or wish or, or you don't want for anything. Taking you gratefulness know? for granted. Oh, eh? that's what you're doing there. That's what I was doing that's there. That's what you were doing. But, you know, the, the other thing that comes up a lot when we're thinking, when I was thinking about the topic was this idea that we all teach our kids to say please and to say thank you for the things that they get. But I think really for many parents, we're not really necessarily thinking about gratitude as much as we are about manners and being polite. Am I right when I say that? Well, here's the interesting thing. Uh, you know, when I think about it, I think that why is that such such a ubiquitous thing that parents do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, you know, we talk about it in those terms, manners. And you want to teach good manners and and all that. But why are we teach? Why is it such a universal thing that parents do? To me, when I when I think about that, I right. uh, the only thing that comes to mind really is a basic thing is because we're going to talk about this later. But gratitude helps interpersonal bonding. And so if the thing that we've been talking about on the show is attachment and how important and how like a biological need that is, right? that's kind of a psychological expression that helps take care of that basic need. If you're being grateful to, for the things you have, that helps the bonding. If it helps the bonding, it helps you survive in this world. You know, it's interesting that you bring up attachment, right? Because we've been talking so much about attachment in the last several weeks and, and months, even when we're talking about our genuine parenting and, and the philosophy that we try to talk to parents about. And attachment among clinicians and among researchers has been, there's kind of been an upswell, and I would say there's a similar kind of thing happening now, maybe to a lesser degree at this stage of the game, but there's a similar kind of thing happening with this idea of gratitude and counting your blessings you can find a lot of studies talking about some major, a major impact that you can have through the simple exercises that can increase gratitude. 
Now, I'm assuming that we saw very similar studies. It seems that there's this group of psychologists in, in Southern California that are very particularly focused on this and have done quite a bit of research on it. Well, and for quite a while, it was mostly research with adults. But now, I think Jeffrey Froh in particular is one guy who's doing a lot of work with kids and adolescents and looking at the impact of, of gratitude there. And uh, the reason why I thought, well, not just because Thanksgiving was coming up, but and, and I think we talked about positive psychology before, but one of the reasons why I thought that gratitude would be an important topic was that not too long ago in the newspaper I saw a story about a huge study talking about how if kids just felt more gratitude day to day, that would be the antidote to bullying in schools, which to me was a pretty big, I thought, well, that's a pretty strong statement to say that. And then you look at the research and these guys did some pretty thorough work talking about how gratitude is the antidote to aggression. I guess some of the stuff I looked at was more related to adults, but very similar kinds of findings. The, you know, and you know, I don't know if we want to get into the research right away. Are we doing that? I guess we're doing. Well, that. I mean, not, we don't just have to get into the research because I think even before we get there, that it's worth talking about the gratitude. Well, how we experience gratitude or use gratitude in the work that we do, right? Because these researchers are looking at gratitude for a reason, and it's for the outcomes that it can generate, really. Uh, it's not just an academic exercise to look at the benefits of gratitude. Well, for sure. And if you think about it, long before, because like, psychologists seem like they've only been focusing on this for... 15, like, 20 years, That's really. about it, like yeah. since maybe uh, late 1990s, something like that. When they started calling right? it positive psychology. That kind of movement was, was movement starting, started, right, yeah. with Martin Seligman. Obviously, 15 years is a very tiny amount of time. You know, we're, we're talking about a concept that has been around for millennia and that all of the world religions have been focused on. Well, yeah, I mean, it was spiritual and it was philosophers who were really talking about gratitude before psychology ever got their hands on it. And then it was more, you know, even before Seligman started talking about positive psychology and defining all of that stuff, which included gratitude, uh, it was Maslow, right? And his hierarchy of needs was a guy who really brought it into psychology in terms of gratitude being something that's felt by the that mythical self, well, maybe not mythical, but that self actualized person who's kind of reached the pinnacle in terms of meeting his needs. That's right. And in psychology, in religion, it goes through all of the religions, in Christianity, in Judaism, in, in uh, Islam, uh, in Buddhism. Like it, All of the religions have this as a core feature. And it, it got me to wondering, why would all of these religions have this as a core feature? I, don't, I mean, I could take a guess. Well, and it but sounds like, based on, I mean, based on what you've said, it sounds like your idea, at least, and whether that's borne out in the research or not, is something that we can talk about. But your idea is that this, the gratitude is what cements those bonds, and then it comes back to attachment again. That's right. That's right. right. Now, and it comes back to maybe even what John Cachopo was saying about how loneliness is that fundamental signal, that alarm bell, and this is kind of the... You know, like attachment a strategy is the exact towards, opposite, uh, but it's a strategy right? to connect. To connect. That's it. That's the gratitude is a is almost like a tool that you can use in order to connect with other people. 
and and not just with other with other individuals, right? I mean, when you're feeling grateful, there there are a whole bunch of other implications that we can talk about for that. I know in my work, when I'm working with someone, particularly people who are depressed, but even people who are who are anxious, right? One of the things that psychologists know, and this has been shown over and over and over again, if you're a person whose whose mood is really low, if you're really worried, um, it's easy to access memories of other times when you felt the same way and it's harder to think about times when you felt pretty good you kind of screen the world for all the bad things it's right it's like your brain is filtering out anything that goes against your current mood and it makes it really hard to get out of that state that you get in once you're into that clinical kind of depression that's lasting you know a couple of weeks or longer and so those in in the work that i do sometimes gratitude journals become a really important thing thinking about the positive things in your life thinking about uh things that you're thankful for as a means of connecting to those happier thoughts or happier memories to start helping to turn this mood around from from something that's so negative uh, and reconnecting more to the positive th- things right and, and a lot of research has been focused on that too they get uh a group of people writing gratitude journals, and they get another group of people writing hassle journals. Oh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so a hassle journals. I wouldn't want to be in that group. No, that would that be a pretty like sad group. That would that would kind <laughs> that would of have be. the opposite effect, right? And then at the end of a certain number of weeks, they they check them to see like how, you know how they're doing, how 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 it's affected them. And the people that have done the gratitude journals are benefiting in so many different ways as well, compared to this other group. They are definitely feeling. Way and we should say before before we sorry sure. before we get to that, these are randomly selected people. It's not as though the people in the hassle group were already negative to begin with. They were randomly placed in two separate groups, and right. yet just the act of being asked to do these two different kinds of activities created quite a big difference in the end. And that happens even after you control for how happy they were at the beginning. And that's true with adults, and that's true with undergraduate university students. And it turns out that it's true with adolescents as well. Now, you can't really, you know, very young kids can't really feel, I mean, they, they can say please and thank you, but that you have to be a certain age before you can start feeling gratitude. I mean, developmentally, you have to have an appreciation and an empathy and be able to make predictions and and put yourself in the other person's shoes and all of those things before you can really feel empathy the way that an adult feels it or feel pardon me feel gratitude the way that an adult feels gratitude right it's a developmental stage and it has to do with that theory of mind or you're being able to be in someone else's shoes so before you're around 10 years old it's not really something that that you can speak of but so so they do this work often when when we're looking at kids we're talking about kids who are 11 12 years old or teenagers you know, so youth, right? Uh, and it's true that you, they, they divide these guys up and one group does the hassle journal and one group does the gratitude journal and, and there's a big difference in between the two. But what what some researchers have noticed, this Jeffrey Fro guy, what he f- noticed was that the effects really, when you compare the gratitude journal group to a group of people who just wrote about their day and they weren't just writing about the bad things, but were just, you know, writing about whatever happened, not anything particularly happy or sad, but just whatever. Um, there, the effect, the positive impact of gratitude was still there, but it wasn't a very large impact compared to a group of people who just, oh, here's what my day was like, and here's what I think tomorrow will be like. 
That's right. That's right. It depends. Uh, definitely depends on. Uh, there, there's like a kind of a gratitude ceiling there. Is what they talk about. Yeah,、right? yeah. They talk about this gratitude ceiling, and the same guy wanted to do some other work to find out a little bit more about well, wh- why does it seem like gratitude benefits some people more than others? And it turns out that people who in their life are generally pretty happy, you know, the, the gratitude only. Well, how much happier can you how get? How much happier can you and get? Still,、right? And still, and not annoy other people. But the people who are <laughs> the people around the you, the people who feel less of those positive emotions, those gratitude journals are much more helpful for them, and they find that over time. Uh, filling out those journals help them to not only feel more grateful about the things in their lives, but also to feel more positive feelings in general, right? Which is just what I was talking about at the beginning. That's why you want to use it with people who are feeling low, because it can help to turn that around over time. That's right. There's way, a lot more room for the people who are generally depressed to begin with to grow in that sense, right? So that's、yeah. all they're finding. And but the interesting thing is,、uh, you know, I, I looked more. I think at Adult-oriented research.、Uh, there's a, a Dr. Emmons, I think, in California. Okay. But、uh, I guess they, they had a wide range of people that they were looking at. But it, let's talk about some of the things that 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 you get from from focusing on the things that you have to be thankful for. From counting your blessings, often is one、counting、of the things they blessings. do. That's it. So greater happiness, more time spent exercising. You feel healthy. You get better sleep. Fewer headaches. Less nausea, and this was interesting for teenagers. Less acne. <laughs> that was actually yeah. in there. And, yeah, less that, acne. Yeah, that's true. Because with the older people, there's a real focus between gratitude and the health impact. It's not even necessarily the mental health impact that we're talking about. Less acne. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, I can tell you, there's another thing that can be really important for those teenagers, and that's、um, that the people who Write those gratitude journals. Also, have many more positive feelings about school. They feel that their school environment is a more is a, is a better place. And that's that was when you look at the studies and you look at the, the the data that these people collected. That was a big difference between the gratitude group, the hassle group, and even the gratitude group was even stronger than the people who were just writing about their day. They had really much more positive、uh, feelings about their school environment, which is. I mean, what do you want? A te- you want a teenager to feel happy in their school. It's real easy for them to get discouraged. I think for sure. And there's another phenomena too that the people that feel that more gratitude, the, that that feeling that they have, tends to be something that they pay forward. So you get this gratitude feeling, and now you're passing it on to others, and and it sort of creates a community that's more. Uh, connected to one another that way. Now that I think is something that we should pause and and remark upon, right? Because if parents, I mean I should say there's more pro-social behaviors as a result, right? Right. If if parents are wanting、um, that gratitude to go beyond just saying please and thank you and being polite, right? To to engaging in these pro-social behaviors, there there's some evidence that says that there's kind of a, a feedback loop. That happens for people who are and teenagers even who who have more feelings of gratitude, right? And how do you increase those feelings of gratitude? It's by counting your blessings and those kind those other things. So what they find over time is that someone who is more grateful is also more. They called it in the study that I read socially integrated. They're they're more they're volunteering in their community. They're more involved in their neighborhood. 
They're doing these more pro-social kinds of things. And guess what? Those things make them feel more grateful, which make them more likely to do the pro-social things again. And it just keeps going I guess it's until they positive, hit that ceiling, right? right. There's it's, that ceiling. It's but a it's positive, a positive feedback it's loop. A positive feedback loop. And it's loop. not just for them, it's how it's spreading through the community, right? Well, we talked about so how they happiness might... is contagious and loneliness is contagious. But if you know, if people are grateful for the things that you do for them and grateful people do more things for other people, well then maybe gratitude is contagious too. That's true. Yeah. And if you think about it, that, that one person might hit the ceiling, but as they're moving around they're getting a, a wide variety of people, some of who are going to, some of whom are going to be feeling quite low, and can and can come up quite a bit before there's any ceiling for them. You know, and it's it's kind of because we didn't talk about this at the beginning, and I think that this is some, something that is is worth maybe defining a little bit further, and that's that when researchers are looking at gratitude, they're really looking at two different things. They might be looking at the trait of gratitude, I guess, that that some people just just feel more chronically, chronically, it sounds like it's a bad thing. They might feel more grateful more regularly. It might be easier for them. It might take less for them to to experience those grateful feelings. And so they're it's almost like their personality is more geared towards feeling grateful. And those people there, there's a lot of positive things that happen for those people who have that trait, I guess, of, of and, being grateful. And we use the trait in psychology. Uh, we both know what it means. Yep. It's something that it, it kind of stays constant over many, many years. It doesn't fluctuate as it's much. It's stable. It's something that's stable over it's, time. It's not something that changes so much with the situation you're in. It's you over time being very stable regardless of the situation. But there's also the, it's, it's almost like an emotion, of th- that feeling of gratitude that immediate thing that is more fluctuating over time that does depend on the situation. So feelings of gratitude are also important. They do go hand in hand, uh, but in terms of increasing gratitude, if we're talking about changing gratitude, most of the time we're looking at, or the researchers are looking at helping people to uh, experience that feeling more often. And over time, it's expected, I would think, that people would begin to feel a more stable feeling of gratefulness as they're feeling grateful on a more regular basis, right? Right. I mean, and it gets really complicated too uh, in terms of you're going to feel more grateful when something's done for you if you're receiving something that you need, right? Number one, if uh, it required some effort on the part of the person that gave it, if you perceive it required effort, you're going to be more grateful and if and there's another thing too, if you think there's an ulterior motive, you're less likely to be grateful too. Someone gives you something, you think, you're oh, they want something. Of it. Right. There's actually this this interesting uh, research that they did to look at how retailers uh, can manipulate this thing. Okay. Mm. So, well, I no, mean, you're going to make me sad. No, no, Don't it's do not. That on th- it's, it's almost not Thanksgiving. That sad. We live in a capitalist country. Come All right, on, we do. You're right. Let's take advantage. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's figure out how to take advantage of people. So, th- so this, so this is what the study looked at. They they found that jewelry stores, sure, uh, after the purchase was made, if they if they called and just said thank you for the purchase that you've made, there was a seventy percent chance that they would return to make another purchase. Seventy percent. Okay. Versus, if, if versus if they called and they said thank you for the purchase you made. By the way. There's another sale coming up this week from 70 drops to 30% chance that they go back. Wow. 
Yeah. And what if they didn't call at all? Did anything happen then? Did they even look at that? There was no increase. Okay. Yeah. So 70% chance. And that, that reminds me of ages ago when I was first starting to read research in psychology, there was a journal that I kind of liked because they did sort of funny studies that I thought were interesting called the Journal of Applied Psychology. And it, it was more like real life sort of things that, that somebody who's just starting out in psychology could really get into, would find interesting. And one of this, the articles I remember reading was about tipping in restaurants and the things that waiters and waitresses could do to get a better tip. And if a waitress wrote thank you with the little smiley face on the bottom of the bill, they would get a bigger tip, mm-hmm. right? Just like you said, you call and you say thanks. There's no ulterior motive there. You know, good things happen to you. Who doesn't remember the first time they got a smiley face on a bill? I mean, I, yeah, I remember. Everybody remembers yeah, that. That's a, that's a pretty neat thing. If, if a waiter did that instead of a waitress, though, it decreased his tip. I guess oh. it wasn't seen as being gender, <laughs> gender uh, well, there specific. Well, is, there is a gender thing as well. Uh, men are less likely to feel and express gratitude. They're, they're more likely to critique something that's given to them. And they're they're likely to benefit less as a result. Um, well, so yeah. that doesn't okay, mean they don't yeah. benefit, though. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't we shouldn't mislead people. Mm-hmm. They benefit less than women, and they're more likely to be skeptical, and they're more li- less likely to to show it and to to feel it. Doesn't they're mean they don't. Suspicious. They're suspicious doesn't of these feelings. Right. Doesn't mean they don't. Women do more right. of that. Right, and you know, for boys, actually, uh, and these are based. We were talking about generalities based on some studies that aren't necessarily huge studies, but I know one of the things that I read indicated that for boys, not so much for girls, but for boys, gratitude and support from family, from parents, were linked fairly closely. So they tended to feel more grateful uh, in association with that parental support for the things that they, they do. And girls, well, maybe they expected parental support, I'm not sure, but that was something that seemed to be valuable for the boys. Not right, so and since girls. we're talking about individual differences, well, if we talk about couples, um, what they found is that higher levels of expressed gratitude means that they're more likely to communicate their concerns to one another, which is, a okay. they call it a, a relationship maintenance kind of thing. It, it helps, because we always talk about how important communication is. Yeah. If you're feeling grateful, if you're giving of yourself and the other person's feeling grateful and vice versa, you're more likely to go to them with your concerns, which means you're more likely to deal with them and maintain the health of your relationship. And I think, you know, that kind of brings us to what are the things that people can do to increase their feelings of gratitude? What are the things that parents can encourage their kids to do in order to help them to feel more grateful? I'm going to throw one out that is not going to be part of your list. Go. <laughs> And I want to get it in before it sounds like a non sequitur. Okay. High fives. High fives probably. <laughs> High Was that fives. it? <laughs> that's right. Here, let's try. All right. Oh, All right. Well, let's see. There oh, you go. And that's that. our show for tonight. Yes. You can visit us at... <laughs> no. Um, it's going to seem a little funny, but let's it's go. a study. Okay. And I've actually, again, why, why do we even read these studies? I already knew this before I read the study, but there it was. It's like they're surveying your practice for what you do, right? That's it. And that's what they're studying. Focusing on death. I'm not going to say we should have kids do this. I'm talking about adults. But focusing on death enhances one's level of gratitude. And this is something that 
is a 2011 study by Philip Watkins. Yeah. I made sure to write that down because I knew I'd get eyes from you. Uh, you got <laughs> eyes from me. But you know what? When, when you say that in this... Now, if you had just said, hey, do you think if somebody starts thinking about death all the time, they're going to feel grateful... Um, that wouldn't have been my, my first This is why reaction. I said it's, it's so, going to be... Right? Uh, but I when you that, think about it, I bet that what's happening is it's having the it's having that seize the day kind of effect of exactly. live each day as if well, it's your last. Exactly it. Well, you, you this is a common thing, really, if you think about it, because when people have near-death experiences, what do you imagine they're going to have the next day? Uh, outside of, of course, the psychological difficulties we know they might have. Uh, they're going to have an appreciation that they're still alive and that they're grateful for being alive and that they want to take advantage of every moment of the day. I know that... It makes the, them more mindful of the present. Mindful. Mindful. Yes. You see how I did that? And living in the moment and so on and so forth. Exactly. Living so in the moment. Now yeah. that I got that... Now again, this is, uh, by the way, because we talked about religion earlier, Buddhists do focus on death as part of the meditation because it brings them into the present and makes them appreciate what they have more and have more gratitude. Very good. I like what you said there. Okay. Well, and writing it down is something that's really important too, right? And, and this is for kids and now, adults. Now, we're ta- we've talked about the gratitude journal. Yep. The other thir- the thing that I was reading was that you can do gratitude letters to very important people in your life. Sure. Even if you don't send those letters, I mean, those are things that just the act of writing them down and thinking about, you look at the research and how do they make people feel grateful so they can do these studies, it's writing down a list of things that they're happy about, writing down a list of things that they're thankful for. It's it's exactly that, and doing that over time for a few weeks, I mean, you can look at some of the research on this, and weeks later, people are still feeling happier. Weeks later, three weeks after spending two weeks writing down five things that you're thankful for. Three weeks later, you're still feeling happier than if you didn't do that. That's a pretty good deal. It's a simple thing to do. It has greater impact if you're a person who's kind of feeling bad. Uh, But that's that's an important thing for people to know about, I think, because it's so simple. It is simple. And... uh you know, it sounds so simple that some people might think, well, that is that really going to work for me? And I think the thing we need to be uh, clear about is that when you give, you need, uh, or the person needs to feel like that was genuine. Mm-hmm. And even if you're giving to yourself, because in a way you're giving to yourself if you're doing a gratitude journal, you're giving back to yourself, right? You're saying, these are all the things I'm grateful for, and this will help me, right, to right. appreciate life. So you're giving to yourself. There was some research that showed that when they were asked, people were asked to do this three times a week, it wasn't as effective as if they did it once a week. Mm. And part of that, the, the explanation for that was that it has to be genuine, Right. It has to be a genuine feeling. You can't just sort of sit down with a piece of paper because it's on schedule and you want to stay on schedule, and you have to start writing down things, and you don't really feel them that genuinely, right? right? So so you have to feel them yourself. You have to feel that the person giving is a genuine thing, like we said earlier. Well, I mean, I would even say if, you, if you've got... If you've sat down and you've written down the things that you're genuinely grateful for, I mean, everybody hopefully has a few things that they're thankful for. Even if you're not adding to that list every day, even going back and reading over those things, I mean, you're still thinking about the things that you're genuinely grateful for. Reading them over, I think, is something clinically can be helpful for people. I think you're right. 
And another thing, we, I talked earlier about the idea of this being an antidote for aggression. And sometimes psychologists will prescribe behavior that's sort of the opposite, or that if you did this behavior, it would prevent you from doing the thing that's getting you into trouble. You know? Right. Like you're, you're almost prescribing... Well, you need, you, need a, you need an alternative behavior. You're prescribing an alternative behavior. And, and uh, gratitude is thought of as an alternative to aggression because it also increases empathy. You're thinking about other people. You're putting, you're, you're putting yourself in their shoes to some extent. And in fact, people who are more empathic have greater benefits from these gratitude interventions. Well, yeah, you're, you're totally right. And basically, the bottom line is... If you're grateful, you're going to have better relationships. This is what it is. And, and, and if, if you, you have, have better good, relationships, yeah. you're not likely to be, you know, lashing out at people. Well, and yeah, that's right, because you're connected right. to other people. So you're less likely to engage in those. And it brings in the attachment part, <laughs> brings in the attachment thing again, too, right? You're socially connected to other people. You're more likely to do nice things for other people. The more you think about it, the more it feels like kind of a really a fundamental thing in communities for people to be doing. That pay-it-forward business is not just um, a pie-in-the-sky idea. It's something that's backed up in research. It's something that's backed up clinically. It's something that psychologists are thinking more and more about. And I think really, uh, I think we've gotten to a point in society where we can be cut off from all the things that we could be grateful for, and and we, especially in the West, we're we're well off generally. You're seeking the, the next, though. You do you seek the next. You're thing. seeking, and you're not you're not kind of focused on the reality. I mean, you could sit down and run out of things to be grateful for, only if you're not really in touch with the reality around you, or you're depressed, or, or something clinical like that, because. You need so many things just to be alive, and you take them for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you know, try the holding people... your breath for five minutes. <laughs> you need air. <laughs> you know, you could. This is why you know, and I guess in a more connected to the environment uh, time in in the past, people would be grateful for the the fruits of the earth. You know, this is a miracle. Look. The earth is giving us food. Well, and it does, it makes you wonder, way, way back, ages ago, we did an episode, one of those episodes where we talk about three research studies, anatomy of three things, where I think it was you who talked about how people who go outside feel better than they thought they would just being outside. And I would bet that at least part of that is, wow, this is, you you feel grateful. That's it. You're appreciating the true beauty that's around you. Imagine that. Imagine us sitting here talking about that stuff instead go. of antidepressants and <laughs> anti-anxiety medications. It's that whole positive psychology thing. Woo, positive. We've already gotten a high five this episode. I'm grateful for that. And now you know what else I'm grateful for? No, tell me. It's time for top three things. Let's do it. Top three things. And the number one thing to remember about gratitude is that Research shows that it predicts a whole host of positive outcomes, better health, better relationships for sure, better sleep, fewer headaches and nausea. We said better skin, less acne. <laughs> okay, more time spent exercising as well. So it, it, it's a very healthy thing to be involved with. And the number two thing to think about is that 
community involvement is something that can increase gratitude and it works together in sort of a positive feedback loop. The more grateful you feel, the more involved you feel like being in your community, and that makes you feel more grateful, which makes you get more involved. And that can spread into neighborhoods and communities and and be a really positive thing. And the other way to increase gratitude that lots of studies have used, lots of clinicians and psychologists would recommend is to keep a gratitude journal, to write down and reflect on the things that you're thankful for. That's right. And the third thing to remember with regards to gratitude is that if you're thinking about your life and you're having a difficult time feeling gratitude or, or coming up with things to be grateful for, it might be a sign that you might want to get some help. That's right. And that's it for us for tonight. You can visit us at familyanatomy.com or email us at info at familyanatomy.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. And as usual, we'll leave you with a bit of a tune by Brother Love. And he's over at brotherloverocks.com. Thanks for listening. See you in two weeks. Family Anatomy.com.